Welcome to the O'Reilly Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Tache. In this episode, I'm speaking with Sean Sukter, co-founder and CEO of Pepperdata. We'll discuss Sean's professional background and specifically his experience with Hadoop and distributed systems. We'll explore some common performance challenges in Hadoop and the implications of those challenges for big data. And we'll also talk about Sean's company, Pepperdata why it was founded, and what solutions it offers. Sean, welcome to the O'Reilly Podcast. It's great to have you. Thanks, Nicole. It's great to be here. So, Sean, let's start by talking a little bit about you. Uh, could you tell us a bit about yourself? Well, so I've been doing you know, distributed systems type things for uh, quite a while. Uh, one of my first uh, things that I did was working on uh, large-scale web search. So I started in that on the 90s and uh, eventually made my way into Yahoo where I was uh, running the Yahoo web search engine. And uh, of course the birth of Hadoop was at Yahoo and we were actually the first production user of it. Um, and so of course at the time uh, it was much earlier and we were kind of happy if it stayed up for ten, you know, for a day on ten nodes. Mm -hmm. It's much better now. Uh, you know, I'm talking like 2000, you know, 2005, 2006, you know, that kind of time frame here now. Uh, and my co-founder Chad was actually the uh, the first. He was at a different group at Yahoo, and and his group was the first to make money, so he gets to claim that one. Uh, but in general, like this this question of uh, distributed systems and uh, data systems and and making the best use of those has been you know stuff that I've been working on for pretty much almost all of my professional career and so it's a problem that is very close to home for me yeah interesting that that the Yahoo search search technology team that that you were with was the first production user of Hadoop um, can you talk about your experience with Hadoop specifically and distributed systems over the years? Yeah, well, so, you know, distributed systems are, of course, you know, one of these really interesting new, you know, new things in the usage of computers. The idea has been around for a while, but it's, it's really getting used in large scale now in a lot of enterprises. And uh, it used to be like, you know, the Yahoo search engine that, you know, and, and every company that had a distributed system basically had to be, you know, IT experts and, and figure out how to get them to work. And one of the things that Hadoop and other things like it really brought into many companies is that uh, you don't have to be experts. There's a, a system, this distributed fabric, and Hadoop is an example of one that lets you do lots of stuff with uh, computers. You can now have a pile of applications and a, a pile of computers and throw the applications at the computers. Uh, without having to be, you know, a, a expert distributed systems programmer, of course the you know, and that and that gives companies a lot of utility. There's downside to this, of course. Uh, you know, like you know, one of the one of my memories I remember at uh, early early use of Hadoop in particular at Yahoo. Uh, there was a time in which the production search engine. Which was, uh, you know, actually, you know, serving ten blue links, and was happily serving away in the middle of the day, 
and somebody was using the early versions of Hadoop, and and you know we had gone beyond that ten node scale. We had hundreds of nodes at that point, uh, and somebody did a very innocuous job, like an entirely reasonable thing for them to do, and the power of Hadoop and the distributed fabric let them run that job very very fast. That was kind of the point, mm-hmm. and it pretty much saturated the entire network and took the production search engine down. Uh, and so that was, you know, an early example of the danger of these very powerful distributed fabrics. They let you do really powerful things. That's the whole point: is that you can operate on a lot of data with very high speed. But the danger of that is that they can have a high impact on other things surrounding them, or your, you know, one analytic job can have a high impact on everything surrounding it, and and that becomes a very difficult problem as distributed systems get more complicated because inherently now you've got many different things happening simultaneously on many different computers frequently from many different users and many different business needs and that's basically a recipe for things stomping on each other so why why do you think performance issues like this uh, well, well, do you think that they have, have persisted over the years? And, and if so, why? Yeah, uh, it's, it's interesting. They definitely have. Uh, and when we, Chad and myself, when we started Pepperdata, we just talked to a lot of companies about what they're doing with data. And we actually found that, yeah, these problems have persisted and actually gotten worse. Uh, the reason why, of course, is that Distributed systems, distributed computing, it makes performance a really hard problem. When you're sitting here on hundreds or thousands of nodes, and you've, you know, and they're, each one of those has dozens of things that are running, and each one of those dozen things are, you know, independently using up CPU and RAM and disk and network, and those, all of those different usages are constantly changing. And so it's, it looks like an extremely chaotic system mm-hmm. when you look under the hood. And the, frequently, this turns into, well, let's just hope that that system works as a best effort. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not a very good answer because you, know, you, you actually want to do things like get SLAs. In order to do that, you need something that's going to bring a little bit of order to that chaos. And the problem is the chaos is, is changing second by second. And so you can't really do that as a human. You you actually need to make, you need to react automatically to the changing dynamic in a second by second time frame. So it's not really a human problem, it's, it's a software problem. And the solution to this, right, of actually having software that's orchestrate, you know, that's managing all of these different flows in a second by second basis, is a really hard thing, and it hasn't been classically invented in a distributed system. It's certainly been invented in single node systems, but not in a distributed system. Uh, since that hasn't been invented, the, the problem of performance of distributed systems comes up over and over and over again. And of course, this is relevant to, to what we decided to do with Pepperdata. What solutions has, 
have the uh, distributions offered, if any, to address these issues you're talking about? Well, so, I mean, I have a lot of respect from being in the early days of Hadoop of what the distros have done for this whole universe, because, you know, certainly Hadoop as it stands, you know, just out of the box, you know, go to go to a GitHub and, and get a bunch of uh, Java source code and, and maybe you get some jars and and you're trying to figure out how the heck to get it running on a pile of computers. That's a really hard problem. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the distros really tamed that quite well and, and said, you know, how do I actually get this cluster up and running and and how do I get it so that every ecosystem component will talk to every other ecosystem component and when a server, you know, and you know, what's a config that'll work and when I want to change it, how do I change it? That's their main their main focus, getting this whole ecosystem to all play together uh, and keep everything up and running. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of where their uh, job, which is a really hard job, stops. So because this problem of what happens once everything gets onto this cluster that they've you know set up, and once all of these tenants start fighting for each other, you know, fighting each other for the resources, that's a very hard and specialized performance problem. And it turns out it happens at many, many enterprises because the, the core driver that all of this computing chaos repeats. But the, the complexity of solving this is a really a, a specialized, you know, very deep, hard problem. And so our focus as a company is solely on this particular problem. Sure. Let's, uh, you know, if, if, if you wouldn't mind, maybe we could just jump to, uh, to talking about Pepper Data. You co-founded Pepper Data with Chad Carson in 2012. And two years later, in fact, uh, the company was a finalist in the Strata uh, Hadoop World Startup Showcase in mm. 2014. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell us about why you founded Pepper Data and what your company does in light of, of the challenges you've been talking about? Yeah, so what we really wanted to do when we started Pepper Data is enable many enterprises to get the benefits of distributed computing without having to be experts in distributed computing themselves uh, and, and get the best that you know, can happen when you've got these huge technically sophisticated shops and, and allow many enterprises to get that. When we talk to lots of companies, we realize that you know, there's, there's obviously many different problems that, that fall under that umbrella that I just said. But when we talk to lots of companies, we realize that there was this common thread that they're all running into this class of performance problem. And things like Yarn, which met, let Hadoop get beyond just mappers and reducers, and now you can have MapReduce, and you can have Sparks, and you can have HBases, and, and maybe you got Impalas in there, and you got Tez, and you got all these different things float, you know, coming into the system and, and running all at once. Uh, more and more companies were basically barreling headlong into this problem. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, and we, we'd seen this story, right? That story that I told from about Yahoo early on is, is an example of, of you know, one low priority ad hoc analytic thing stomping on the biggest money generator Yahoo had, right? The, the you know, web search, you know, that ad hoc thing, you absolutely wanted to do it. That was the point. That's how we made our product better. 
but nobody would have minded if it went just a hair slower. And so that, that problem was evident then, 10 years ago, uh, and we're realizing, hey, this is going to get hit over and over again at many sites. And so that you know, motivated what we wanted to solve. And we realized that you know, like, this is not a problem you know, I talked about before. You know, you've got to be making decisions continuously. This is not you know, just a tuning problem. You can't just get all the settings right and, and leave it alone because the situation of the cluster is going to change from second to second and sometimes quite dramatically because one new thing may suddenly you know, pound all the disks or it may move a whole bunch of data over the network and, and there's so many ways that you can have complex things happen under the hood. You know, even human experts can't keep track of it because it's changing too fast. And so that motivated what we, you know, what we ended up building at Pepperdata, which uh, the core of what we're doing really is a piece of software that that sits on all of the nodes of a distributed cluster and and you know classic Hadoop, uh, Hadoop with Yarn, Spark, uh, it, and watches everything that's happening. We're watching every process and how they're all using CPU and RAM and disk and network and uh, second by second. And then we're able to, to reshape all of those flows in real time. Mm -hmm. And so the key, the key thing to realize is that it's, there's no correct answer for a human to do. You actually have to have some software solution that is watching things continuously and then able to react automatically in the second time frame. Uh, and you know that once you can do that, uh, you get some very interesting benefits. Like the, the classic solution to, hey, one thing is stomping on another thing mm -hmm. is, well, let's make another cluster for that. Let's just, you know, oh, we, we can't stomp on it if we if we put it over there. Uh, that's a terrible solution because you know, it's kind of the opposite of of where all these big data things are supposed to go, right? You're supposed to be able to get all of your organization to take advantage of all of this big data that you have and you can do science on it and you can rapidly iterate that into your product. As soon as you start isolating systems, then all of that goes out the window because now you're back in the classic, okay, let's, let's waterfall model pre-plan how every single project plays out. Uh, and then, you know, you can also try to over-provision and the over-provisioning now is, is not in terms of like, you know, 10%, 20% over-provision. You over-provision by, you know, large factors uh, because you you got to plan for this worst possible case that one thing can pop in and take everything down. Mm -hmm. uh, well, if you've got a piece of software watching and adjusting everything second by second, you don't have to over-provision. You can actually run out all the hardware up to the red line while simultaneously getting everything to happen on time. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, the core thing of what we do of, of being able to watch and react uh, and reshape how every single little piece of the distributed system is, is using hardware uh, is enables a lot of very interesting things that honestly many people don't even think can be achieved. Many people are used to this, this very static way that you have to, you know, isolate clusters and, and over-provision and, and pre-plan and, and tweak and tune and, you know, kind of drive your cluster by looking in the rear view window of, of what happened yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's a, 
you know, kind of the, the instilled, oh, of course we have to do that. Uh, and without piece of software that's actually doing this automatically and doing things that you can't even do as a human because it's at a time scale that humans can't react, that's the best thing you could do. Uh, and, and we realize that, hey, that there's, this problem is going to get so acute that it needs a programmatic solution. Uh, and that's, that's what we built. Yeah, the real-time optimization of, of these, you know, thousand node clusters um, is, is very powerful. It sounds very powerful. So you were talking about um, tuning and, and cluster isolation. Are those mm -hmm. workarounds? Are there any workarounds? Well, they're really painful workarounds. And, and that is the classic workaround is, is basically, you know, tune as best you can, which ends up, you know, it, it works. You know, if, if you have exactly one workload on your cluster, sure, you can tune to that. Uh, but, you know, these clusters are, are never like that. You know, you have lots of things flying around. And so tuning uh, hits a wall actually pretty quick, right? You know, we, we've, we've seen plenty of clusters that are at, you know, 10 nodes and, and you know, a dozen users and these problems abound. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, you don't even have to get to very large scale before you, you run into this. And cluster isolation is, is absolutely a classic solution that, you know, let's build another cluster for each thing. Well, that becomes pretty organizationally limiting pretty quick. Uh, and in some cases, it becomes quite hard because, you know, for example, what happens if you have data in one system that's going to be processed by data in another system? And it's going to be processed in a way that, that they're very tightly coupled. And the classic example in the Hadoop universe is you've got some data in an HBase and you want to map reduce over that data. You, you really want that to be on the same cluster. Uh, and of course, that's the classic example where those things will totally stomp on each other. Mm -hmm. um, and so isolation is the classic workaround. It's just a very poor one. Because it's it's extremely uh, organizationally limiting, uh, and that when you don't isolate, you basically have to live with everything being best effort, uh, and that's not very good when you want to have, say, SLAs. So, who else is trying to solve this problem? Well, for the most part, our our effective, uh, you know, it's kind of a question about you know what other competition is there. Uh, in business terms, for the most part, our effective competition is is those classic workarounds, is doing uh, isolation and doing you know you know static tuning and doing over provisioning and and for everything we just talked about, those are are uh, really terrible solutions. Uh, the it's interesting that all of the frameworks that are coming around and, and are getting more interesting in the world now, like, you know, hey, we're, we've talked about Hadoop and we've talked about uh, Yarn, uh, you know, Hadoop 2. But if you look into the future, if you look at uh, Mesos and you look at uh, OpenStack, which is used in you know, a lot of organization, if you look at containers with container orchestration frameworks, they all are going to run in, and, and we can already observe, they're running into this same problem. So all of these are basically systems that, you know, take a bunch of workload and throw it at a bunch of servers. Mm -hmm. But then once the workload lands, it's a free-for-all. And so really none of those things are, 
you know, addressing this problem because like we talked about before, this is a very specialized but actually broadly applicable problem. The, the, the skill is very, this, I should say, the skill set to solve this is very deep and specialized. So what are the implications of these problems uh, for big data? You're talking about large scale big data efforts. Um, mm -hmm. what, what are those implications? Jobs are late. You can't get an SLA. Your H base is, is you know, in, in that example is, is, you know, constantly varying in performance. You can't count on, you know, anything happening on time. You get your clusters overbuilt and underutilized at the same time because you can't actually make use of all that hardware resource because uh, the, the static provisioning doesn't work. You also end up spending uh, very large amounts of time trying to debug and find issues because the, the chaos is such that if there's nothing in software that's watching it, mm -hmm. when you get a, you know, when you get problems, if there's nothing that's watching when those problems happen, the root cause of the problem is lost forever. And so you end up basically being a, a historical sleuth to try to figure out what the heck is going on, or you try to catch the issue right in the act of, of catching it. Uh, and, and that's a hugely time consuming thing that, you know, first off, most of the time, you shouldn't even have to find because these problems should be just solved by software. It's kind of like, sometimes I talk about uh, things as a highway of you know cars and and Hadoop is the highway and and the uh, you know it lets cars on you know the scheduler is going to let cars on and, and decides which cars it's going to let onto the highway you know and how fast but then once the cars are on the highway it's a free for all mm -hmm. right let you know the highway you know they they all have an each little independent driver uh, and they are all speeding up and slowing down like exactly what really happens and and what we're doing is we're sitting here and we're watching, you know, every car, we're watching exactly where it is, we're watching how fast it's going, we're watching, you know, and so what can you do when you do that? And we're controlling that, we're saying, you know, this needs to speed up and slow down a little bit, this needs to move a little to the right, a little to the left, you need to change exactly this, you know, this aspect of your, your behavior right now. In, in this second, you need to change it. Uh, and the, the effect of that uh, the result is that you can get much more stuff through the highway. You can get things to happen in a very predictable time. And when there is a traffic accident, when there is a collision, you know exactly what happened. It was this car, and, and turning it back out of my analogy, it was this job from this user that did that. Mm -hmm. That's a great analogy. Uh, thinking of the of the cluster, I guess, as a highway, um, and you know why why would businesses want to run uh, a single shared everything on a single highway, a single shared cluster? Because from what I'm hearing you say, maybe a smaller smaller isolated clusters is the way to go. Mm. Well, it, it's it's a really the analogy tells you why actually. So if I sit here and say, you know, I need to get a bunch of, you know, I'm, I'm in Silicon Valley, so, you know, I'm down here in Cupertino, and if I want to get a bunch of trucks to uh, San Francisco and there's, you know, there's already a highway there, I should take my trucks on that. But what if I need to get an ambulance there? Okay, so I should build a dedicated highway for that ambulance so that it can get through. And then if I have a different 
you know, a different kind of thing that I want to get from point A to point B, I should build a new one for every single one, mm -hmm. right? You know, pretty much now I'm spending all of my time building highways instead of actually, you know, getting the, the, the business thing that I need to, to get done, done and, and, you know, think about the cost of each highway. Mm -hmm. Right, and so that you know, you want to have a shared utility, and this is you know, it's a real trend that we're we're seeing a lot. You know, there's there's a lot of Hadoop gets into companies in a particular business unit, but you know, they're realizing, hey, wait a second, we should centralize this. We should all use the same thing. You know, we should all you know get the benefit of the shared infrastructure, and then you also care. In this example, there's data. Mm -hmm. There's actually shared data, and you you get huge benefits out of realizing, oh, wait a second. If I join this data with this data and I look at, you know, and I do an aggregate analysis, I get a business benefit from that. Uh, you, it's, you know, really hard to do that when everything's in its own silo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, can you give us an example of a savvy organization that couldn't get performance working? So an organization that if tuning and isolating uh, were solutions would have had its performance problem solved. Oh sure, um, you know we. I mean, well, we've published several of those as as you know case studies on our website. Uh, you know, like an example that that comes to mind is uh, Upsite and their uh, HBase use case. So they had a, a an HBase system that is running on the same system as uh, a query platform, an ad hoc query platform. Uh, and their users were submitting queries to this platform all the time, and that was that was the point. They they had to allow that. That that's a very high value of their service. Uh, but they're also constantly ingesting data into this HBase. Well, one expensive query caused all of the ingestion to slow down, and suddenly you aren't real time anymore. Uh, and so the and and it was nigh impossible to solve this because the problem is you can't tell in advance how expensive the queries are. It's really, you know, it's it's really hard to tell that, you know, oh, this query is going to be twice as expensive as as you know that query before, or or more practically, this query is going to be a hundred times as expensive as that thing before. And mm -hmm. and this one's gonna this one's gonna read a huge amount of data. This other one here isn't going to read a huge amount of data. It's gonna it's gonna write a whole bunch over the network. And this other one here is going to use a bunch of computes. And, and all of those things are going to dynamically change on the cluster constantly. And so the result of this was that HBase was regularly getting uh, you know, severely impacted by just basically chaos of random combinations of other things. And you know, several tuning things were tried. Uh, and because you couldn't predict in advance what the problem was going to be. All of them were kind of doomed to failure, uh, and the result of you know using the Pepperdue software basically turned the HBase performance into a completely constant flat line, which is exactly what you want to see in this scenario. You want to see its performance being rock solid, steady, mm -hmm. even in the face of really expensive uh, customer submitted query workload. And that's exactly what was achieved. So it's you know now you got the best of both worlds. You were able to fully utilize the system, while at the same time getting completely solid performance out of your highest priority thing, and getting optimal throughput of your ad hoc queries. Mm -hmm. 
Well, that's great. That's a, that's a great case study to highlight there. Mm -hmm. uh, so Sean, is there anything else uh, you, you've, you've been great. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? Anything I haven't asked you yet? Yeah. I mean, it, just in general, I mean, obviously you can tell that I, I, I really care about this, this area and it's just very exciting to me that distributed computing, not just in Hadoop, but certainly in Hadoop today, but in other things in the future, that, that distributed computing is going to get used by organizations that aren't just the tech elite, and it already is now. So that's very exciting and interesting. And the, you know, the, I want to make sure that everybody doesn't have to become a distributed systems performance expert, because that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, that, you know, if that barrier to adoption can get removed, uh, and then everybody can make use of these things, and it's basically, you know, doing a big new enterprise endeavor is just as easy as installing a new application on your computer or your phone, that's success. Mm -hmm. And that's success for us, that's success for a lot of other people too. Well, Sean, thank you very much for talking with me. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much.